Welcome on iJo, it's just about watches. My name is Alexandre, and I'm taking you into the world of watchmaking. I will first introduce you to the founders of the amazing Maison Gégère Lecoutre, with from one side the Lecoutre family, and then on the other side about Edmond Gégère. Then we will see together the challenge and the creation of the Maison will continue with the years before the creation of the iconic watch, the Reverso. We will discover the amazing Reverso watch and how it was created and how impactful it has been for the Maison Gégère Lecoutre. This first episode is called An Unexpected Call for Gégère Lecoutre. So the brand Gégère Lecoutre is um, quite interesting manufacturer because among the, um, the world of watches, you have differences between the workshop and watchmakers and the manufacturers that have a more industrial uh, feature to say the least uh, and also that uh, reach uh, a certain level into history and the quality and invention and the way they, they want to create a signature that is very specific that uh, helps them to become to become leaders in the watchmaking field. Gégeur, a French Parisian clockmaker and uh, the other one is from the Lecoutre family, also they are clockmaker and, um, and uh, watchmakers, uh, from Le Sentier uh, in the west of Switzerland, so in the region that is nearby Geneva, to, to, be, to simplify a little bit the, the geography of the, of the site. So when was funded uh, this manufacturer? So officially, when you are looking uh, on different uh, books or content about Gégeur Lecoutre, you often see this information that it has been founded in 1833. Well, 1833 is very nice to have on the paper because it is the oldest date to record for the brand, but it is not the actual date, the right one, to, to, to create the foundation of this brand, simply because 1833 is more about the Lecoutre family. In 1833, so the founder Antoine Lecoutre created his own workshop and uh, he was uh, supplying uh, different components and parts of watches to other watchmaking companies. Some are bigger, some are lower. So the idea was to create different elements and pieces you could sell to, to brands that were demanding uh, such pieces. And he had a specialty. He was a pinion cutter. So what is a pinion cutter? Well, a pinion cutter starts from the word pinion. A pinion is a very specific part in a watch. There are several, but to simply uh, explain, you have wheels uh, that, um, if uh, put together, are considered as the train of wheel or the train de rouage, which is the system of the wheel. Each wheel has teeth on the circles of it, on its own circumference, because they will be moved together, and like this, they will help the energy from the barrel, which is the, the heart of the watch, uh, it's a spring where inside when it's deployed it will just move and give energy through the wheels but for each wheels to be connected you will need pinion and the pinion are act as kind of uh, intermediary in the transfer of energy from one wheel to another because in a watch it is so so small that you will need to be sure that the different wheels are touching together but also uh, uh, overlaying or underlaying uh, to help like the energy to transfer from one way to another. So the guy was doing this, but he was not just a simple guy because he was a genius. And that's why 
Antoine Lecoutre entered the legend just from his side as a member and founder of the Lecoutre family into the watchmaking field. Some would say, yeah, of course, he's a pinion cutter, but uh, why is it so important? Like, uh, yeah, just like cutting uh, different pieces for, for the watch, but uh, why is he a genius? Well, simply because the guy invented a machine called the millionometer, the millionometer in 1844. So it's 11 years after he founded his own workshop, but he created so this machine. And what is the purpose of a millionometer? Well, the millionometer helps the cutter to cut with a precision of a micron. So a micron is 1000 of a meter. So if you can cut so precisely, you can make sure that the whole system of the pinion and the wheels is going to be really precise. So the more a watch is precise, the more the precision you will see on the dial and the functioning of the watch will make you famous about the quality of the technique that is used in the, in the watch and the movement. So the guy invented uh, a device that helped to obtain such precision. And it was really useful because he was going to be famous because of the, the quality of his work and everything. So the Le Coutre workshop was becoming more and more famous and uh, it could uh, help them to find contracts and uh, they got it because uh, they were working for Patek Philippe uh, uh, in uh, the second half of the 19th century. They were like uh, preparing for them what they called uh, ebauche. So an ebauche is an assembled or incomplete watch movement that uh, contains the main parts. So the, 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 the word that is best to, to explain and to, to translate an ebauche is a kit to be assembled. Of course, the Le Coutre family didn't stop there and continue his own work on side. And uh, two years after, so we were in 1844, now we are in 1846, this genius of Antoine Le Coutre created Le Remontoir à Bascule, or in English, the Rocker Winder. What is the Rocker Winder? Well, normally when you have a pocket watch from 19th century or before, they were using keys. So basically they had a keys with the chain and they had to put it inside uh, the watch, so on the top or on the back, and they were turning the, the watch just to rewind it, like click, 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 and uh, <laughs> to, to just explain like this. So it was going to, to put the, the watch on time and also to, to make sure that the barrel uh, was, uh, could deploy and so the energy could, uh, could just like evolve within the watch and give you the time. But the rocker winder is very interesting because it is the modern system of with what we have now on all the watches. So basically you have your watch, you don't have any more the keys. You have the crone that is at uh, three o'clock, so on the right side of the watch. And uh, what will happen is that normally you turn it, uh, what we call a molette, huh? and you will rewind it uh, to make sure that uh, you will have uh, the, death, the, 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 the time that is set. And also you can rewind uh, the, the barrel to make sure that you will have enough energy uh, of power reserve into your watch. But this invention of the rocket winder helped so to introduce the crone into the watchmaking field, but also to create a system where you could have either option of choosing if you wanted to set the watch on, on time, so to move the hour and minute hands, or if you wanted to give uh, more energy to the watch just by rewinding the crown. 
So that's why you have to unlock the, the crown uh, with uh, one click or two click. And that's how the, this system is made and, uh, and I mean, the purpose of it. So that's why it's uh, amazing that Jean-Charles Lecoutre created this invention. So at the time, so the Lecoutre family, of course, but that uh, uh, Jean-Charles Lecoutre was part of this journey of introducing one of the key elements of a watch uh, aside the, the hour hands and the minute hands that were uh, created along the time uh, from uh, medieval time and uh, the Renaissance era. Just for the recall, we were in 1846, uh, two years after 1844, the creation of the millionometre that helps to cut the pinion and uh, helps to give a precision to the watch. And we were in 1846 where they invented uh, le remontoir à bascule, so the rocker winder that helped to create the two systems of setting the, the time and also to rewind the watch. But an important date is 1866, which is the creation of Le Coutre and Company. Le Coutre and Company is the kind of the, the brand, the family brand of the Le Coutre family uh, that is created for the first time. Because before it was a workshop, and now it is more like of uh, of a company that is more branded, that, that is more famous. And uh, at the time of the creation, so in 1833, it was Antoine Le Coutre. But Antoine Le Coutre has a son called Elie, and in 1866 they created together the Le Coutre and Company. Uh, brand. So it's more like father and son now that just had the, the father as uh, the founder of the brand. So it's very simple just to have like a pinion cutter watchmaker, the millionometer machine, the, 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 the new system of remontoir à bascule, so the rocker winder, and to say that this is just about this, to have like this brand working like that and making money and helping, uh, I mean, working for other brands. Well, um, the complexity of the Le Coutre family was that this invention, the millionometre, was not patented at the time. Because uh, the system of patent that we know in the US right now uh, was not treated, it did not exist at all. So this machine was kept in secret for a period of over 50 years. So from the very creation of Le Coutre, this machine was helping them to cut pricelessly the pignon. And no one know how they did that of, with the, the system of cutting uh, with um, the, this I mean, higher quality. So it is very interesting that the, they had a kind of a, a secret recipe to, to ensure to, to own their own market and to be very popular among the, the, the world of watchmakers in the and embauche, huh? so the embauche and the kit to assemble the watches. So that's how they, they made it. And uh, in the late part of 19th century, Jésus uh, Lecoutre became la grande maison, huh? the great house, because it hired uh, around 500 employees. But in the in the time, uh, Switzerland was not like the, the one we have now, where it was not uh, industrialized at all. So like the, the watchmakers or the ones that were making a bush were into the, the home and uh, they were creating uh, the pieces that were requested by brands uh, in Paris, in England or in Germany and even in Switzerland, of course. And uh, it uh, needed to have a, a lot of workforce. So what happened is that the Le Coutre family make sure to put together a lot and lot of uh, not watchmakers, but people who create uh, pieces um, in uh, in the manufacturers, 
and uh, I mean, 500 people at the time, it was like uh, when you see like uh, big companies right now uh, in the US where you can have uh, thousands and thousands of people. So it was the same idea of it. So that's what they were nicknamed. Uh, they were given the nickname of La Grande Maison, of the Valley du Jour. Huh? So they, they knew especially that uh, Le Coutre was um, a top notch in the field. And uh, at the time, so they also have created more than, uh, I mean, around 380 calibers. So they were known to be very, very good. And uh, just uh, to, to give you uh, an interesting detail, so another brand, so Patek Philippe, huh, who is uh, now also one of the leaders in the watchmaking field, but also at the time was um, a, a young brand that was uh, trying to develop and uh, wanted to, to have the, the good quality of it. Uh, was uh, buying the calibers and uh, the, the ebauche from Le Coutre. So you can now figure it out how they were like, popular and also uh, well-rooted into uh, the industry. After introducing the Le Coutre family, we know how to introduce the Geiger part. So the Geiger part is about Edmond Geiger. Who is Edmond Geiger? Edmond Geiger is a French watchmaker that is living in Paris. He created Geiger, so his own brand, in 1880, and he's known as Horloger de la Marine. So, to explain what is an Horloger de la Marine, it would be translated as a French Navy watchmaker. So, French Navy watchmaker is not just about France, it could be also like uh, different uh, navies in the world, especially more with England, because at the time, so when you were a watchmaker of the Navy, it meant that you wanted to create and develop calibers that were uh, adapted for having a watch uh, when you were at sea. So it was very important to have the right precision because of the moving of the waves and everything. So a man, and I mean especially a watchmaker at the time, that could be able to create such calibers, they were like very, very well regarded by the public and also the, the different scientists and uh, that were like uh, trying to find the right mechanism and to have a, a watch that is I mean, reliable uh, to say the least and uh, the, of course the military was very uh, interested by having uh, such a uh, thing and uh, the different merchants who wanted to uh, get their goods on time so it was very important to have uh, people uh, such as Edmond Geiger uh, that were uh, following the tradition of uh, different uh, Navy watchmakers, so the, the, the one that were the most interesting uh, in the time were the, the British uh, from the, the end of uh, the, the 18th century and uh, all through the 19th century. So the, the French uh, arrive at this time also and develop uh, very interesting calibers. So Edmond Geiger was a very well-known man and also a very well-connected uh, man, uh, I mean, among the, the French society, in, uh, I mean, especially in Paris, where he was uh, very famous. And uh, what happened is that, uh, I mean, it was good because he was uh, creating tachymeters, uh, chronometers, so they wanted like to measure the time and the speed and the distance and everything, but he wanted to, uh, to, to reach a new level wanted to create a watch that was precise, reliable, and also ultra thin. So in the world of complications, the complications are uh, different features you can add to a watch uh, aside the, the hour hand and the minute hand, so be uh, 
the chronometer, it could be a date, it could be uh, the day, the month, all that kind of elements. And the ultra-thin is less considered as a complication because it doesn't help uh, the mechanisms to have a new advantage, but it is going to make it thinner. So if the watch is thinner, it's also a great achievement for a watchmaker. And at the time, he wanted to create a challenge where I was offering the possibility to say to other watchmakers, hey, guys, is there anyone that could create a caliber that is ultra-thin and that is reliable? So a lot of people heard of, about this, and uh, this uh, challenge came uh, to Switzerland, and uh, one guy listened to that. And this one guy is none other than Jacques-David uh, Lecoutre. So Jacques-David Lecoutre is uh, the son of Elie Lecoutre and also the grandson of Antoine Lecoutre. So the Lecoutre family was still there and uh, wanted to create such watch. So when the challenge was created by Edmond Geiger, we were in 1903. Four years later, in 1907, we have Elie Lecoutre who arrived with the watch that was demanded by Edmond Geiger for the challenge and succeeded in creating a pocket watch that was ultra-thin and has a reliable and precise caliber. So the success was there and uh, Le Coutre had a deal with uh, Geiger because uh, Geiger had an offer from Cartier, the jeweler Cartier. And Cartier asked Edmond Geiger watches for the own brand. So what happened? They wanted like sort of calibers that were going into the Cartier watches. But to create to, to, to have such results, Edmond Geiger decided to ask to the Le Coutre company uh, if they can have the, the, the calibers because Cartier wanted to have uh, a special right from uh, Edmond Geiger. It was to be the exclusive buyer for the Edmond Geiger calibers. So Edmond Geiger needed the help of the Le Coutre family and uh, asked them for the calibers which meant a great success for the Lecoutre family because now they were connected to Paris and the Parisian society and also different jewelers that were very famous, such as Cartier at the time. Uh, I mean, in the early 20th century, it was becoming something more and more because the brand Cartier was created in 1847, so in the same time as the Lecoutre family, but uh, Cartier at the time was uh, rising, 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 and having a lot of customers and uh, they were becoming more and more international. So that was interesting for the Lecoutre family to have a customer such as uh, Edmond Geiger that has his own customer that was Cartier. So it was a big success for this uh, Swiss uh, family. In 1917, the, the two brands, so Geiger and Le Coutre, worked together and they were trying to figure out how to work more into uh, a new entity. And uh, they have to, to wait a little bit because uh, it was the First World War, of course. And after the First World War, the Lecoutre company uh, decided to specialize in uh, the creation of chronometers uh, for uh, planes and uh, cars and that's how they survived the Great Depression in 1929 and uh, it, was, uh, it was hard at the time because uh, the, I mean the demand for watchmaking uh, was not a uh, success for everybody but Le Coutre was very lucky because uh, they had uh, Edmond Geiger in Paris and as uh, uh, Geiger was buying uh, a lot and a lot of calibers that were reliable and precise. They, they had the demand so they could survive uh, through this period. 
And uh, they had to wait 1937. And in 1937, uh, they decided to, to, to create a fusion and to, uh, to create uh, the famous brand Gégère Le Coutre that we all know together now. And the Gégère Le Coutre, uh, so founding date is 1937. So even uh, uh, they say that it's 1833. Uh, but uh, I don't want to mark about this because uh, in my opinion, I would say that uh, uh, the moment that is the peak, the apex of the brand was uh, 1937 because it was a creation of so much uh, things, so many things. But uh, 1833 was the creation of uh, the idea of Le Coutre and uh, Edmond Jager without Le Coutre could not uh, uh, be so successful and Le Coutre without the connection of uh, Jager uh, would not be, uh, would not have like such aura in, uh, in uh, I mean, between uh, France, Switzerland and now at the international of course. So it's uh, more about like the connection. So it's always uh, interesting to know um, where one uh, originates from. But to say that Le Coutre is uh, from 1833, I would agree because they, they developed so much technique and uh, it's very appealing to, 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 to have like this genius Antoine Le Coutre that is uh, less known because of, uh, of the, the different uh, uh, periods of, uh, of, the, of the brand. And uh, I think like there is a lack of explaining uh, how smart he was in creating like uh, devices uh, such as the millionometer or the, the rocker winder because like uh, it was a cornerstone into the, the watchmaking field. So uh, I, I really like like this, this idea of 1833, but now it's, it's well branded by the, the brand, but uh, I, would, I would tell them like just to not forget why it was 1833 and not just stating it is 18, uh, 1833. So it would be more interesting for someone to know that uh, the guys uh, that uh, founded the, the company were very smart and, uh, and are very interesting. But before Gégère Le Coutre became Gégère Le Coutre in 1937, in uh, 1925, they made a collaboration where they released a very interesting type of watch called the Duo Plan. So the Duo Plan is so two plans of in the calibers to, to really to be simple because it's kind of complicated to picture it but uh, just imagine like two floor for the the small calibers and it helps to have a very precise caliber uh, i mean so high quality from the type of general de coutre uh, but in a very tiny case and uh, before in 1907 so when jacques david le coutre uh, created the ultra thin watch now they are reaching a new submit in the the watchmaking uh, creation where now it is a very high quality caliber into a very, very small case. So this watch was created by Henri Rodanet, that was the technical director of Jean Le Coutre at the time, and he made sure that uh, the watch was balanced and still precise. Four years after, so we are in 1929, the brand released a new watch called Joaillerie 101, or uh, Joaillerie 101, or Joaillerie 101. So this is a Joaillerie watch that uh, has the smallest caliber and that is still the smallest caliber in the world uh, now and uh, the caliber weighs only one gram one gram so it is lighter than whatever thing that is heavy to you so it's like uh, <laughs> one gram what is that maybe i don't know like less than uh, uh, i don't know like it looks like a feather like a small feather or a little thread you don't know but uh, even like uh, a4 paper uh, like uh, it seems so light to imagine that uh, such complex uh, mechanism 
uh, is uh, in the case of such wife. So the joaillerie 101, just look at it on the internet, uh, different pictures, it's very interesting to, to see uh, what is this watch. And the fun fact about uh, this timepiece is that uh, it has been uh, worn by, uh, by uh, Queen Elizabeth II during her coronation uh, in uh, 1953. So it's a must watch to have, of course, and uh, Gérard Lecoud uh, has uh, made uh, such success with it that uh, just impressive just for the technicality and also that it is a jewelry watch. So it's very interesting to, to have such element in the watch uh, field. So Gérard Lecoud has not only impact on uh, the watchmaking field with watches, but also with clocks. And uh, so they didn't create this clock, but it is uh, the one that has become the signature clock of the Maison Jean Lecoute. It is the Atmos, so A-T-M-O-S, Atmos clock. It is a, a very original uh, clock because uh, it seems uh, when you see it for the first time that it is the yeah, clock, it is kind of uh, 1930s uh, era design. But uh, when you have the explanation of how it works, you are just amazed. So the, the Atmos was uh, created by uh, a Swiss uh, man called uh, Jean-Léon uh, Rutter in uh, 1928. And uh, this machine, uh, so this clock, uh, can uh, gain energy just from a variation of uh, temperature degrees within a room. So just imagine it in a, uh, Celsius degrees or in Fahrenheit degrees, but just like just the, the moving of just one and then it can last two uh, day more uh, so in the continuation of uh, giving the time so it's just impressive it's like the uh, before electricity before everything uh, like the kind of a very uh, um, pro environment uh, clock i don't know what to tell about it but uh, it's uh, it's so amazing in the design that uh, i think uh, it's uh, it's a very lovely uh, clock uh, to read about and so and to watch so videos on YouTube you can uh, find it uh, on the internet. So the Maison Gérard Le Coutre uh, at the time uh, bought out from uh, Jean Léon uh, Rutter uh, in 1936 and 1937 the patents to produce and develop uh, the Atmos clock. And uh, now uh, you have to know that uh, in Switzerland when the Switzerland want to create a, a diplomatic gift to a president or, or something that is official they will offer an Atmos clock. So they will uh, order a clock from Jean de Coutre and they will offer it to uh, the diplomat or that is uh, a representative of his own nation. So in uh, the different uh, international talks. So after such information, there is something that you have to wonder. Something is missing, no? Huh? Uh, don't you think? Well, there is the great watch, the top signature, the one called the Reverso. So R-E-V-E-R-S-O, the Reverso. When the Reverso was created? Well, it's very simple because at the time, Jean-Jean Lecoutre was uh, well known, but uh, we have to travel a little uh, far and we have to go east in Asia, especially in India, where there was a man called César de Trey. César de Trey is uh, it's a Swiss uh, businessman. Uh, that was on business, of course, in uh, India, and uh, he has uh, friends that were uh, British officers uh, that were playing polo. And uh, at the time, uh, so some uh, guys were playing polo, and uh, because of the balance of the shock of uh, the, the, the play uh, during the match, 
one broke his own watch and uh, the, the ask uh, César de Trey uh, will be able to create a watch that is unbreakable or that at least can be protected and uh, resist to the different shock. And uh, César de Trey went back to Switzerland and the good news was that he was friend with uh, Jacques David Lecoutre so that was a very nice opportunity to create such project. So they have a talk and he explained the situation about the polo, the different features that have to be implemented into the wash, uh, how it has to resist to different shocks and also to create a system that was smart, I mean, to, to keep the dress watch aspect, but also uh, to have a system that could uh, protect it from, uh, from the different uh, uh, incidents uh, during the polo play. And uh, Edmond Jager, decided to charge uh, his uh, technical director called uh, René Alfred uh, Chauveau and uh, the man uh, who was in Paris designed uh, the watch and uh, as we know it now but so in a more uh, uh, let's say vintage manner because the, the, change, the, the, the style has evolved uh, during the different decades of uh, the life of the, the Reveso adventure and um, the watch was patented in uh, 1931, so on the, the 4th of March, and uh, so the, the legend of the Reverso uh, started. And uh, if you don't know what means the Reverso, Reverso comes from the Latin word uh, Reverso, that means I turn around or I flip. So the system was very simple. You have your watch on your wrist, even today it works like that, and you can flip it, so 180 degrees, up like that, and then the, the part where you can uh, read the time uh, is covered and shows the, the back of the, the part of the, the case of the watch and you can uh, make sure that it is protected during uh, the matches of, uh, of Polo. And uh, today it has decorations, uh, ornaments, uh, you have Musha, they created new designs uh, in Watches and Wonders, so this is a, which is a, a special event for uh, watches in Switzerland which is absolutely amazing and uh, if you had uh, the opportunity uh, go there and visit because it is uh, very nice to, to see uh, the different brands and also like uh, not about the stories but you will see uh, face to face with the, the watches and the novelties so uh, that's a great thing to do if you are a fan of watches or if you are just like starting your passion with the timepieces so the reverso was a commercial hit and it met success uh, on uh, many many levels because uh, for example uh, there is a uh, a funny thing to know about that is that the Maharaja of Kapotra bought uh, 50 uh, reverso models and on the back of each watch, uh, of each watch uh, you could find uh, its face that was engraved or picture, uh, you can picture this <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's very funny and um, the, the watch also was, uh, was also a big step because uh, it was uh, worn by men and women and uh, they, they make the, 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 the things to, to, to be worn by the, the different, uh, by both uh, sexes. So it was uh, interesting to, to think that uh, watches were not uh, just uh, for, for men, it was also for women, but uh, they, they were like uh, at the time with other brands, of course, but they were in the same trend and they were following the, the same rules. So it's, uh, it was, uh, was very interesting to, to know that uh, this watch was uh, no more just a, a sport uh, watch but it has become a, a watch you could wear for every day and uh, for everybody 
And uh, so I told you that uh, the, the watch was created in 1931, so the patent, but uh, in 1937, just uh, to remind you, was the creation of Gégère Lecoutre. So that is important and an important detail because it meant that uh, uh, Gégère Lecoutre tried to keep the effort to make sure that everyone was uh, understanding that the Reverso was the watch of the Maison Gégère Lecoutre. And that's so they make sure that uh, it was uh, uh, very important to make the fusion between the Lecoutre and company, uh, company and the Gégère company just to create just one big entity and uh, to have um, a new reputation, uh, a new uh, era uh, for uh, the, the watchmaking industry and also to have a, a key asset uh, that was uh, going to create just like an iconic signature in the, the watch industry. So during this time, so in the 30s, like um, was very, very cool for the Reverso because they developed 11 calibers and uh, then it stopped for because of the Second World War, where like uh, not everybody was uh, uh, fond of the square shape. So they, they had a change for that in the, in the taste and uh, it was the big, big signature of the, of the brand. So it could it died in some ways. Um, as uh, like the 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 reverse was uh, let's say consumed by the market, and uh, the people prefer to have uh, a circular shape uh, watches. So for the the the, the they, they they try to to sell all the watches that they have in stock, and um, to to maintain the market. But the reverse was not uh, uh, the moment it was during the the, the last uh, fifteen years of. Uh, of its uh, presence on the market. So it was hard for Gégère Le Coutre to continue with uh, the Reverso. So we had to wait for the 50s and then the 60s. Uh, and then uh, there was uh, an interesting moment and to the Reverso uh, story. An important and defining moment because of one man, an Italian guy called uh, Giorgio Corvo. He was the, a retailer uh, for the brand Gégère Le Coutre in Italy. And at the time, so we are in the early uh, 70s, so around 72, uh, 73, uh, he wanted to uh, buy out from Gégère Lecoutre all what was left of the stock of uh, the Reverso watches because he has an idea in mind. He wanted to, to know if he could uh, work with um, the, the, jet, the Italian jet set, so wealthy, uh, wealthy people uh, that wanted uh, new trendy things, but also fashionable. And it worked. It worked uh, so well. And uh, at the time, also, you have to understand that uh, uh, it was kind of uh, complicated to 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 figure out uh, uh, what model, what uh, technology uh, would be a success. Because in 1969, when uh, Seiko, so the Japanese company, uh, introduced uh, the quartz battery watch, it created a tsunami on the Swiss market, and it killed nearly uh, more than half of the big brands uh, because they were no use for a mechanism uh, that were complicated uh, and that were like into the tradition of uh, Swiss watchmaking because you just have to change the battery of it and uh, also you could get rid of very easily of uh, the, the, the calibers for such a battery and replace it so it was no more into like the, the old tradition from uh, the old the Swiss watchmakers and uh, Japan like created uh, a big, 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 uh, let's say, uh, 
destroying a wave so a tsunami huh, of course but it was a, a big big turn so when the, the company tried to figure out what would be the next balance and uh, what would be <laughs> the next path in order to in order to ensure uh, the, the success so because of this man Giorgio Corvo uh, I mean the guy had a good idea and uh, made sure to, to test it on the market and it worked so that's how the, the reverso uh, came back to life so it was a rebirth and uh, in the end so he had to wait so uh, the 80s the 90s just to have a new uh, creation uh, I mean in the design and uh, especially so they, they left the square shaped design of the reverso and uh, they follow a new path where it was more circular. So now when you are watching uh, a reverso uh, design from today and comparison with the one uh, from the 30s, you will see that the one from the 30s is a square shaped and uh, the one we have today is more round shaped. So especially on the lugs of the watch, so the lugs are the part that uh, holds uh, the, the bracelet. Sometimes it is in leather, sometimes it is uh, in metal. And you will see that it is more round shaped and that's so like the, the, the design is, uh, is more smooth and uh, it, uh, there is uh, less uh, cut on it so it's more comfortable also in the, in the, in the, in the way you, you can see the, the watch and uh, appreciate it. That's all the, the Reverso came back to life and now it, uh, it has like different complications. Uh, you, you could see all the, the, the most complicated Reverso with the, the moon phase. Uh, they, they have created so much complications now and uh, also you have the duo face which is just uh, very very uh, incredible where basically is the same system but you can just flip the, 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 the case and you will have like two dice on each side so it means that you could change of color and of design just like that in one flip so it's very expensive but uh, I mean we, we have to, to say that uh, that kind of uh, creation is uh, just a uh, uh, amazing and, uh, and I love it just for that for me that's why like uh, I love the, this brand and I love uh, this uh, this uh, this piece because uh, it is one that can have uh, a function that is aside the, the, the mechanical complications so it's a, it's a very uh, a playful watch to say the least we are now at the end of this episode I hope that uh, you enjoyed to discover so the story of Gégère Lecoutre, the different iconic watches, the different big moments, the small details that are behind in the backstage of the watch industry history. And uh, for me, it was a delight to prepare such uh, episode about Gégère Lecoutre. It was my first episode and also my first experience in the, in the podcast uh, uh, world. And um, I, I love to, to share such stories because uh, we read uh, so many things and with my friends, uh, we have nice conversations about watches and sometimes you have one who know uh, more than the, the other but th that is uh, wanting uh, to, to share the, the information and uh, I'm really delighted to, to know more about uh, this world. And uh, I would like also to express uh, a special shout out for my friend Pong Pong Gamai uh, who is an absolute fan of the brand and uh, who inspired me uh, this first episode for this uh, channel. So thank you. And uh, for everybody, uh, I hope that uh, you will continue to follow uh, iJo is just about watches. Uh, you can follow uh, this channel on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, many platforms. I make sure that everybody uh, could uh, listen to this uh, podcast. And uh, I wish you a nice day and uh, have a nice time with watches.
Welcome on iJo, it's just about watches. My name is Alexandre, and I'm taking you into the world of watchmaking. I will first introduce you to the founders of the amazing Maison Gégère Lecoutre, with from one side the Lecoutre family, and then on the other side about Edmond Gégère. Then we will see together the challenge and the creation of the Maison Gégère.